Maya. And I'm E. Welcome to This Good to Talk. Conversations with a therapist and an artist about the good flow of life. How you doing, Jeremiah? Good. Yeah, we've been chatting it up for quite some time already about fried fish and its deliciousness. Don't ask how or why, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't judge me if you're one of my vegan friends. Yeah, good call. (laughs) It's like really late on this Good to Talk Tuesday and my stomach is like rumbling. So if you hear the growling in the background out there, no no judging that either. Yeah. Tonight we're unpacking a topic that that I, I talk a lot about. I hear a lot about. I think it's something we all bump into um, called imposter syndrome. You know, it has a lot of different maybe phrases or, or, or terms. It, it's actually the concept essentially where an individual is marked by an inability to internalize their accomplishments uh, and they have a persistent fear of being seen as a fraud. And the term actually comes from 1978, a clinical psychologist named Clance and another named Imes. And and they found that it was essentially present and, and despite internal evidence that people have showing them that they are confident, um, folks that struggle with imposter syndrome remain convinced that they're frauds and they don't deserve success that they're achieved, that they're achieving in life. And no matter how much you prove them or show them their success, they still think they're essentially deceiving others. So I, I think there's, you know, that, that feels like a very clinical way of saying it, but, but I do think all of us really in life bump into that idea um, and, and experience doubts about when we're trying something new or even when we've been doing it for a while. Um, that we feel like that we aren't necessarily up to the task and we're convincing or duping other people. Often I think that is an irrational feeling um, and that kind of inferiority a lot of the time stops us in our tracks, keeps us from advancement, uh, keeps us from growing and ultimately leads to a lot of self-contempt. So it's helpful to maybe talk through tonight and hopefully for us to identify it in our own lives and then maybe think through ways to overcome it as well. We were talking about it before, and I know you and I both have felt that along the way. I'm sure as an artist, you were kind of sharing that that's something that you still bump into, and I think I bump into that a lot, helping people as a therapist. But yeah, what's that like for you, E? Yeah, I think I think imposter syndrome, I guess I almost kind of think of it as one of many things that I have a hard time believing about myself that are like positive attributes. You, you, you know what I mean? Not that imposter syndrome is a positive attribute, but like the, but refusing to believe kind of in your own competence. Sure. Um, I think I frequently have a lot of self doubt and I have to kind of quiet that. Um, and imposter syndrome is just one more place that I bump up against it and have to sort of actively quiet it. Do you feel like as you're doing it, like as you're producing, whether it be music or, or a piece of furniture art, do do you feel like it gives you anxiety in the process or steals joy from the process or even sometimes keeps you from completion? Yeah, I would say with like music, I don't really take playing music very seriously like I just kind of I enjoy it it's for me I try to take all the expectation out of it yeah. in which case there's not a lot I can do wrong with it yeah you know, you know I think it pops up a lot at work you know and I start to be flooded with doubt like oh I'm never gonna solve this problem at work or like I'm never gonna be able to make this thing happen like I'm failing you know yeah. and it's like it can quickly become a downward spiral inside yeah 
and I have to remind myself like, no, I've been at this place before and work there. I don't always know all the answers and that's okay. And like, yeah. um, I, but I do have the tools to figure it out. And, um, usually I can make sense of a challenge. Um, and, and I have to kind of just be like, all right, I gotta hit the pause button and like reserve judgment for myself about why I'm a, a failure and a fraud, you know, yeah. and just kind of be like, how about I give myself a chance to like mm-hmm. do this thing that's causing me to doubt myself. And, um, you know, and then, then we'll decide like if I'm terrible at how at my work, <laughs> you know, sure. I know I was saying to you that it took me a long time to kind of feel ownership of the word artist. And, and, and I couldn't quite put my finger on when, I felt like I could claim it a little more. And I think, again, I still have doubts, you know, and I still have that imposter syndrome sometimes, but it becomes increasingly easy for me to like, to at least be like, yeah, that's what I do. I do mixed media art. Like I'm, I'm a mixed media artist and it's, and it's not just this thing external to me, but it's actually like a piece of identity. Yeah. And And I think something that really helped me with that is just experience and validation and like other, you know, being hired, with different businesses and yeah. people wanting the stuff I could could make or like produce and um and yeah and I'm like well I guess if they're willing to pay me for it I must be doing something that's like has value you know I'm I must have value yeah. <laughs> for the skill set right that's good but it's definitely I can show up to a job site and be like what am I doing like <laughs> so <laughs> that's also part of it and then I start to really doubt myself so yeah. I don't know. It's it's a weird it's a weird world. How do you <laughs> do you ever feel like an imposter? Do you like sit and like talk to people and like or have you like seen so many clients at this point you're like, no, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, I I think you said it earlier as you were describing some of the ways you overcome. I think experience is a really good foil. Yeah, I think it helps you be able to say, oh, okay, I've seen this before. I know what to do with this. So I do think having done my job for over a decade plus, it, it does help, you know, um, you bump into a lot of the same ideas and kind of know at the very least how to, how to move towards, um, people with kindness and care and how to help. So that's, uh, I think that's helpful for sure. But I, th- but I think sometimes it, it still does present itself. It does in the same way that you described manifest itself and rear its head. Even sometimes after the fact, the idea of, am I really helping people? Is this really, you know, is this person really getting the, the best help for this issue? Are they overcoming the, the things they're trying to overcome? If it's a, if it's a couple, you know, am I, am I helping them kind of heal and move through the reasons they're here with their relationship? So, you know, I think that self doubt in those ways does manifest. I, I would imagine almost a lot in vocation. It does feel like that's the place that it shows up the most. Uh, we all feel a lot of pressure in this day and age to perform. We feel a lot of pressure in this day and age to be an expert. A lot of people, you know, claim themselves to be experts, uh, to have something uh, profound to offer. Um, and it's hard. You know, I hear it time and time again of people, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how to feel like they've brought enough to the table to deserve the promotion, the title change, or the, the pay raise. It, it's tricky. It can feel kind of dog-eat-dog uh, out there in the workforce sometimes. Um, and I think it's really easy to be down on ourselves and that. And, and to 
second guess. Am I doing the right thing? Am I in the right profession? Do I have enough experience? Uh, how do I get that experience? It, yeah, it can be really, really tricky. Do you feel like as you become more expert at doing what you do, do you kind of realize just how many like subjective moving pieces there are? And you're like, well, this is my judgment of the situation, but who knows what somebody else might say, you know, and you're kind of like, can anyone be an expert at yeah. this? There are no, there are no absolute answers. So like, how think, do you know? Like, yeah, I think to so much stuff, you know, I think, I think you, it's that realization of, you know, the, the more you learn, the more you realize there is to know <laughs> it's uh and I, I think that's maybe the first turn to think about with imposter syndrome that can be so deadly and devastating for us as, as individuals is that we feel like we have to know it all to feel like we can claim that we know anything. Um, and I think that is maybe the, the first thing to maybe say out loud is nobody knows it all right. And often for almost everything, there isn't one right way. There's not one, you know, exact thing that you have to do. There's not one right answer. So ultimately that steals away the idea of it really in life being about the journey and not the destination. And I think if we can harness that practically gives us a ton of freedom and that's easy to say, but it's really hard to implement. It's easy for me to say, oh, it's the journey. So, but I think when you practically then think about it, okay, what do I do with that? How do I then get the raise, get the promotion, do the thing? And that's not so easy, but hopefully yeah, we can kick that ball around a little bit and unpack maybe what that could look like. I think confidence ends up as the byproduct of living from that place of essence that we talk about, living from that soul place, that place of knowing who you are, that healthy place of identity, and then feeling free to go and execute without having pressure. And I think it, kind of as you were talking about before, also with confidence, I, th I think that's where it ultimately gets to manifest. Similar to happiness, right? It's that same thing that if you focus on happiness too much, you'll never be happy uh, because then it, it, it essentially becomes the goal and, and happiness and confidence. Those are the things that are, that are byproducts of, of a life well lived. So that, that idea of trying to keep a growth mindset, right? To not get focused on destination, but to get focused further on what defines you in some sense is those good choices you're making that are flowing from that place of essence, those attributes of who you are. I don't know if that makes any sense here. What's that like to, as we kick that around a bit? I like the idea that confidence comes ideally from like a grounded sense of identity and isn't like some compensation for like insecurity or, you know, something else. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's partly the issue with the imposter syndrome. It's almost like a reverse ego problem, right? Because yes. again, you're looking externally uh, for something to define you and you're looking then for your actions to define you, but feeling like you're not, you know, achieving. But at the end of the day, if you, if you go the other route and you actually are able to, you know, climb the mountain, so to speak, and, and then feel good about it at the end of the day, that's just egocentric. And that actually doesn't lead to conf earnest confidence or, uh, happiness either. Yeah. Bit of a fool's errand. It's it's a it's a strange tension, like sort of combating it appropriately. Yeah. Like I said, unfortunately, like one of the things that's really helped me with imposter syndrome is just trying to remind myself that 
there are external validating forces working with companies and whatever. And like that, that is something that helps me feel confident, even if it should be more internally derived. Yeah. Well, again, I think that, I think it feels good to have your essence mirrored back to you. So when you're living authentically as self and that healthy sense of self and you're exuding acts that represent that and other people see that and you know give you the high five and the thumbs up that feels great you know that's like having you know again yourself seen and known and loved but again to the degree that that is what defines you i think that's where it gets tricky yeah I can see it from the lightning behind us. So I know like the second it's like getting ready to happen. Yeah. You guys might be hearing in the microphones. There's a pretty loud thunderstorm happening outside and it's you're we're hearing it inside quite distinctly. Um, I don't know that I'll be able to hide all of it. So (laughs) I figured we could just mention it and be like, all right, it's there. Let's hope the uh, the electricity stays on for this one. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, Keep, keep saving frequently. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea that, it's not necessarily like I'm not necessarily getting the confidence all externally, but more so I'm feeling like a sense of like synchronicity between like an idealized self and kind of what's being mirrored to me. Yeah. Right. Like it's that it's the cohesiveness of the two versions of, of how I might perceive myself, how they're perceiving me and how I'm perceiving. So there's like, Oh good. I can feel confident and they feel confident in me. And we're, but we're all confident that I can do my work and that's good. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I know. I don't, I don't know if, if you encounter needing to use a lot of positive self-talk all day long. I feel like I kind of like, I rely on that as just a general tool to be like, no, I'm, I I am smart enough to do this thing. Like I'm not, you know, cause I'll start to like do something and it's challenging and I'm like, I'm just not smart enough for this. Like, it's just, this is beyond my capacity. I'll never get it. Or like, I'll never be able to remember all that or I'll never be able to like complete all these tasks or I'll never, you know what I mean? And I have to yeah. be like, no bite-sized chunks. And like I can do this in a reasonable fashion. I don't need to like feel defeated does that kind of make sense yeah um and so i'm like the same thing with the imposter syndrome where i'm trying to like make sense of it and like speak to myself clearly and encouragingly that's like (laughs) kind of different than my my gut sense of self which is just really critical and like always tearing myself down a little bit and has no faith in my abilities (laughs) do you know does that this weird argument happening inside my I think we all I feel face a that. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think it's really common. I do, and uh, yeah, I face it. I think most people face it, and I think being able to do exactly what you're talking about—that's a great tool. Harkening back to our episode on identity, episode—I don't even remember what episode that was, but I think that's it. I think it's being able to kind of realize in that moment, yeah, that it really is this belief in self, this you know internal um, control that you can then take back i love that it it always sounds a bit harsh but i love this quote by epictetus he says if you're ever tempted to look for outside approval realize that you've compromised your integrity if you need a witness be your own it's intense it is intense but i do think it is exactly kind of what you're describing of like that that empowerment that comes with realizing i can be my own witness right now 
to my success, to my abilities, to who I am, to what I'm worth and what I'm capable of. And again, I think to the degree that you can harness that power, what tends to happen is we, like you said, you, you take that next step forward, not towards perfection because that doesn't exist, right? You take that next step forward towards progress and, that, and you kind of realize like that's all any of us are doing, you know, it's uh, we don't have to be masters. And at some point in time, any of any of us that are masters um, took that same road. I try to talk to myself like someone that I care about. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if, and I try to think like, how would I engage this situation with someone that, that is important to me and that like, I care about how they feel. And usually, you know, I want to be honest. I'm not, I'm not someone who like gets too flowery. Um, you know, I don't want to overly sugarcoat the truth, but sure. at the same time, I'm going to try and be encouraging and like, you know, look for the bright side and like yeah. help them see forward. You know, if somebody, if somebody had some difficult situation, you know, yeah. um, one of my best friends didn't get a job that they wanted recently. And I was just like, you know, there's other jobs. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry that like they didn't recognize you. That doesn't mean that you're not actually a great candidate for this still. It just means this one didn't work out, you know? And it's kind of, it's like, that's fair. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, seeing a bigger picture that there's more stuff out there. Yeah. And just, just trying to like encourage them not to give up and to reframe it. And I don't know. I mean, that's how I would talk to my friend, you know, I think I'm, that's huge. Yeah. I'm not always the person who's like, well, they're just dumb and they didn't, <laughs> they don't even care. You know, like sure. I'm not I like, I don't know. I don't want to disparage them. Maybe the, maybe they did find a lot of candidates. Maybe it was just a tie and they just had to pick. I mean, you know, like there's sure. all kinds of, <laughs> I think you're hitting it on the head and I think that's what a lot of people, I think a lot of people kind of balk at the idea of the self affirmations and those type of things because they kind of say, Oh, that's just me lying to myself. And I think that's, that's actually the stuff that the contempt or the imposter syndrome stuff is doing. It's lying to yourself and saying that you don't have value. You don't, you can't do it. You're not worth it. And again, I think what you're suggesting is really helpful and it's the idea of shifting that empowerment back to the internal focus and realizing in the dichotomy of control, there are things out of your, out of your hands, out of your circumstances that we're all going to face. And sometimes those things suck, but you can't control those or dwell on those. You have to just accept them where they are, how they are, and go back to your own value and your own validation and keep, keep moving forward. I think there's a ton of strength in that. Yeah. Yeah. It also, there's a lot of, Unfortunately, because I, I probably still kind of err a little bit on the critical side when talking to myself, <laughs> there's a lot of accountability in it as well, because if I feel like something's not up to par, I'm going to make it right. You know, I'm going to try and make it right and be like, nope, we need to, we need to work a little longer. We need to work a little harder and we need to get this right. You know, like True. so, <laughs> and not to the point of perfection per yeah. se, but if I feel like, yeah, this is honestly, it's not there yet, but there's still time to make it better. Yeah. We're going to use our time to make it better, even if we're tired and we want to quit right now. Yeah. Like, so. I, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Being able to overcome. I, I think where that can get dangerous, of course, is where I think for all of us, wouldn't we, that secret kind of hidden way that what we do can start defining who we are. So I think as long as, as that can kind of be still lived out from a place of self-worth, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's uh a good way to live. Yeah, that's like from the Disney Channel original movie, Brink. 
Brink. Okay. Brink. Yeah. yeah, he's Andy Brink Brinker. Um, Solid. Shout out to my Disney Channel um, friends out there. <laughs> <laughs> he's also the like crappy love interest in Princess Diaries. Uh-huh. Um, if you've ever seen that. No, um, I've not. That, you're missing out. I'm it's missing a great, out on a it's lot a great of stuff. Julie Andrews movie. Huh. Anyway, <laughs> Brink's dad tells him that it's not what you do that defines who you are right and he was saying that he had like a back injury or something and he yeah. had always thought of himself as like i'm somebody bring the construction foreman at work and i'm good at what i do and then he like hurt his back and he wasn't able to go to work and he like lost his whole sense of identity because it it couldn't be wrapped up in the things that he wasn't able to do anymore yeah it's a big moment at the end of the movie because it frees brink to just skate from his heart and not burden himself with too many critical expectations i like it yeah <laughs> I think even Epictetus would would approve. That's great. Yeah. There you go. And then he just skates better. I think that's also, I mean, that's it. That's the, I mean, when you can define and encourage yourself, you're free to be. And then if you're free to be, you're free to do. And I think that's, uh, that's essentially it. I mean, if there is a, a very quick equation to overcome the imposter syndrome, I think you summed it up with Brink. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the field work for everybody out there. Just go watch that movie and yeah, just watch solved. Brink. It's probably on Disney Plus. I yeah. don't know. We all have that at this point in time. Yeah. Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, everybody's got that these days. Yeah, we've we've talked about that kind of stuff before. I do think it's that the hero's journey, that journey towards identity. I think when you can fully, you know, claim that sense of self, you're free to then go do. And I think that's maybe the the great antithesis to imposter syndrome yeah the great lie that you have to achieve something big before you can be of worth and i think it's 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 quite the opposite to remind yourself how valuable and gifted and talented you are and how much you know you can love and encourage yourself and i think through that let your actions then go forth but i think the world tells us as we've said so much different you know you got to have the job experience or the degree or the this or the that it can be really hard and not only that i mean when we think about how hard relationships are and people you know almost even online dating you have to kind of send over your cv or your resume to be able to you know get a date it's 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 tough sledding out there i think in this day and age <laughs> tough sledding yeah this is not a phrase i've ever heard in florida yeah yeah it's true <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I actually know. just saw a friend's dating profile. I didn't realize you had to put your height. Yeah, I'm not on dating profiles, so I don't know these things. Yeah, but I was like five foot six is what somebody wrote on, and I was like, well, who cares how tall they are? And then my other friend turned like to me and said, oh, a lot of a lot of people, people care. care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, really? like filtered through height and hair and all kinds of stuff. It's <laughs> that stuff's so not important to me. Well, I mean, <laughs> as we said, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a tough world out there, so it can be uh it's a lot of pressure in a lot of way. That is so. a lot of pressure. I think I think I ignorance is bliss, and I think I'm <laughs> ignorant to a lot of those things and I in turn don't have to hold myself up to those standards and expectations that people have for other people's appearances <laughs> and whatever. I just kind of live life and I'm like, yeah, I I'm a little scatterbrained and I like what I do for work. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I, I think it is another place where, yeah, imposter syndrome and 
a lot of those feelings do show up. That feeling that you have to really put your best foot forward. And it, sometimes even even that doesn't feel like enough. So we get those messages all over, whether it be social media or vocation. It, it can be really tricky. All the more reason to to try to take the ego out of the equation and do a lot of this kind of stuff that we are unpacking, the idea of defining yourself, loving yourself, and then letting life flow from there. That sounds really easy. We all lose our grip on it, but... Yeah, yeah. I liked the learning episode where you, where you talked about how like the path to learning a new skill or like mastering a new skill is one in which you give yourself freedom to be messy and you can't immediately be a master, but often we like... If we're not immediately great at something, we just kind of quit and we assume that like it's not for us. And it's often because, unfortunately, it's not only because we're not having fun. Sometimes that process of being messy is fun. I think usually what makes us pause or quit is we feel discouraged because we feel like we have to, to be at a place functionally before we're at that place, which is, which is a travesty. I think a lot of how I approach everything because of just doing art in different forms is one in which I'm allowed to be messy and I'm allowed to it, for it not to be perfect to begin with, you know, and the process is really important to me and I don't yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That makes sense. I think I think I definitely find it hard sometimes to like own own the idea of being an artist. Yeah. I just try not to get too in the weeds and just give myself space to like be weird and go for it and <laughs> I hope everyone can like experience some amount of freedom to just get a little messy. I think that's awesome. Be weird and go for it. Yeah. <laughs> we do that whole episode about getting weird. Yeah. <laughs> just is a phrase my friend Cody likes to say. He's like, all right, everybody, let's get weird. <laughs> 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 right before a pitcher of beer comes or something, you know. It, it takes the edge off, right? There's freedom in that. Yeah, whatever. It's a, a nice way to say, let's take the pressure out of this. I think it's hard for me to imagine you being unsure of like how to do something or like unsure of yourself because I feel like you always are good at like kind of everything. So I just, is that a lot of pressure? <laughs> no, I mean, hey, we've built things and, and done stuff and you've seen me wreck a motorcycle and we've, you've seen me fail at a lot of stuff too. So yeah. That wasn't your fault. We True. always go back yeah. to the motorcycle. Yeah. That lady rear-ended you. You were like sitting still. So true. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, anytime we've uh, tried to to build something or do anything even reasonably artistic, yeah. No, you do great. You make great art. Visually, there's paintings right behind me that have your hands all over them, and they're amazing. And also, not just visually, but like poetry and like fashion and like other things where I've seen I've seen your your sewing handiwork before. That's right. You, like, yeah, made a cool Halloween costume and stuff That's like right, that. That's right. Yeah, was <laughs> so it I, I know it. I Han know that Solo you're capable. <laughs> <laughs> There's no fool in me. Yeah, I don't know if we would necessarily say artist with a capital A, but it's it's art's huge. Yeah, it's so fun. We did an episode about that too. Yeah, I can't even remember like which one we've like put out and where we're at with it. So it's always fun to think back to hey, is that one released yet? Or yeah. <laughs> I feel like part of what I appreciate about you so much not only is like just you know you're a very kind and smart person but I like really respect your art there's that part of you like where it clicks I think I engage that more through 
appreciation more than creation, but yeah, no, I think it's absolutely there, but that's cool for you to say. I really appreciate that kindness. <laughs> I definitely have all these memories of, I think growing up, especially like sports being in one of those places I would get in my head a lot and, and beat myself up and, and kind of feel the imposter tennis. I've, I think I've talked about on this pod before I was like my small town high school's number one tennis uh, seed and would uh, get in my head a lot. You were? About, yeah. And I would, um, when you play tennis in a rural place, you know, your, your competition, it's interesting, right? You don't always run into a lot of ringers, um, but sometimes you do. But I always, long story short, would always feel like I would play down to my competition and kind of get into my head about it. And then often like after not playing very well, would kind of that we could take the pressure off myself and finally be able to come back and, and play. I'd always do better playing from behind in some sense, probably because of the imposter syndrome stuff. So yeah, I think athletics certainly are one where it would show up. It It's hard, you know, this stuff shows up for all of us. It's unique. That's a lot of pressure to live up to. Like you're, you're the tennis champ. You're the local tennis champions or like the, I don't know. I don't know how to talk about sports and sound like a normal person. Um, so sorry if I'm saying that the wrong way, but I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, it's all over the, I mean, like we said before, it's in, it's in all these themes that we talk about a lot, the hero's journey. And we talk about it in Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and all that. I mean, I think earlier we were talking about it and in, in the books you were reading it, it it's kind of everywhere, you know, we all, we all face it. Yeah. Well, I've never, I've never been a champion of anything. So, um, <laughs> so instead this makes me think of Katniss Everdeen. Yeah. The reluctant leader. Um, That's a good one. Who has like character and spades and like heart and she has, she's physically capable. She's a hunter and yeah, she's, she's gritty. Yeah. But she is always like this conflict in Penem is too big for me and I can't. I I have no business being here or being a leader of people, you know, and yeah. she kind of gets sucked in at every turn. That's huge. Yeah. She kind of figures out who she is and like, she's always grounded, but she's doubtful. She's self-doubting and it's cool to watch her character arc and how she grows and like grows into herself and becomes aware of just how much she has a, an impact and mm. an ability to, to make big changes anyway we all have we all have the ability to impact others right yeah. large and small maybe we're not leading a rebellion <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah I, I think when you when you can connect and live from those places really good things happen you're able to live yeah and care for others impact others bring social good yeah i hope all this has been helpful if there's any field work i would give all of us uh, out there listening trying to sort through that as we bump into you know whether it's imposter syndrome or insecurities that we have in our vocation or our abilities or our relationships i think a great pivot point to try to hold on to is to come back to yourself and realize that your essence and those kind of core virtues those core internal attributes of who you are are what gets to define you if you let it and what i think we find a lot of freedom 
in when we focus on. And then when we live from those places, we have progress, um, we take the journey well. And when the reverse happens and we focus on essentially trying to get the cart in front of the horse, I think it ultimately leads to a lot of unrest, it leads to a lot of stress and anxiety. Um, So if you find any place like that in life, come back to that, that core place of essence. There's that thunder again. There's the thunder, yeah. And uh, Zeus uh, confers, yeah. <laughs> Zeus is not a reluctant hero. Yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. He's, uh, he's extremely assertive and kind of mean. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, <laughs> a little bit narcissistic. Little yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I think I can uh, maybe leave us with a quote. Who do you, who do you think it's from me? Um, about... Imposter syndrome? Yeah. Um, is it from Marcus Aurelius? Uh, correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was hard as I, I really didn't know what I was going to guess until it came out of my mouth. Just kind of nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I was like, who's he going to quote? Jim Harrison? Yeah. Uh, Frank Abagnale Jr.? Yeah, the, Epictetus? The, oh, Marcus Aurelius. The emperor. Let's get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, Lord our, himself, just our, good, our good friend Marcus reminds us get back up when you fail and celebrate this as being a human however imperfectly and fully embrace the pursuit you've embarked on it's pretty solid yeah it speaks for itself I hope it's been helpful. If you have any uh, any thoughts, any questions, any critiques, feel free to uh, hit us up or any other ideas for podcasts in the future. We're always uh, open to any of that. You can uh, if you email us. You can grab us at thegoodtotalks at gmail.com. Yeah, or you can visit our website, goodtotalk.co. Yep, or you can get us out there on Instagram if you want at good to talk.co yeah thanks for making sense of this with us we'll look forward to catching you on the flip side next week it was good to talk good to talk the good to talk podcast is intended to be used for entertainment purposes only and not intended for medical or mental health treatment if you have any need for medical or mental health services please contact a medical professional and if you're experiencing an emergency please call 911